Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like... I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of a heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher. Like in a, whatever the perfect amount higher is, that's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out. Uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item. That's right. Every time you buy their socks, tees, or underwear, you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness. To date, Bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting. I mean, Bombas can make returns easy as well. I uh, don't know why you'd return anything because what? But they do have a 100% happiness guarantee. So if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason, they'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know, those like... You know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those, too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, all I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Well, here we are. Yet another episode of Matt Dory's Adventure. I'm Matt and I have done sperms. I'm Dory and I have old eggs and a thing in my uterus. <laughs> it's a new intro, everybody. Yay. Uh, this episode is coming to you from the eastern side of the United States. The eastern seaboard. We went, uh, we went back home because I had a week off. So we said, hey, let's go see family. Let's go see friends. Let's go home. Here we are. Here we are. But good news on this side of the of the of the country, everybody. You guys got a bonus episode. Woo, woo, Can you believe that? Email your questions to us with the subject line bonus episode. If you emailed to us previously, we didn't get to your question. Feel free to email us again because Lord knows our organization skills. Well, Dory's are impeccable. Mine are not great. Mine are fine compared to Matt's. They seem impeccable. Oh, it seems like night and day. Someone's organized and I'm not. Anyway, send those to Dory and Matt at Gmail or Matt and Dory at Gmail. 
And uh, yeah, we'll be giving you that bonus episode in August. It'll be a lot of fun. You'll have a full, full blownzy episode of Mandory's Excellent. Oh, you can Adventure. also you can also call us with bonus episode questions. That's true. You can call us with regular episode questions, but you can also call us with bonus episode questions. Yes, at four one three four six one baby. We appreciate the calls. They're a lot of fun to play and uh, easier than reading. So thank you for those. Yep. Um, Dory, I think you want to thank everyone for leaving Amazon reviews. Thank you all. It's truly a pleasure to see all the lovely Amazon reviews you guys have been leaving. Thank you. Uh, good, good reads. How's that going? I don't look at it anymore. <laughs> so if you could go over there and like the good reviews of Dory's book, she would appreciate it. And if you feel it in your heart to have a Goodreads account and to leave a good review of Startup a Novel by Dory Shafrir, I know that Dory would appreciate it. I would. Uh, Startup is available as an ebook in the UK, Australia, South Africa, and New Zealand. Hardcover will be available at the end of Out. I I thought that it wasn't going to be available in Australia because it wasn't coming up as a pre-order on Australian Amazon. And then my agent told me that Australian Amazon doesn't sell hardcovers. Oh, that's interesting. So it'll be available in Australia, just not through Amazon. So go to your local bookshop and wow. purchase it please do uh also please join our facebook group facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash excellent adventure uh, a lot of people there talking about everything ivf and a very supportive community that has been built over there love it i love the facebook group uh website uh you can head over to excellentadventure.com for all your excellent adventure needs episode descriptions there's a resources page that is in the midst of being fully resourced uh and uh you can also click over there and find it in your heart to donate for one of dory's many surgeries email us at dory and matt at gmail.com or matt and dory at gmail.com and of course you can call us that number again 413-461 baby here we are we are we are t minus 50 some odd hours from your surgery yep oh, 72 probably i don't know you know today it started really sinking in really uh you have been very agitated today you've been a little um i would describe your overall feeling as matt like mm. uh-huh uh, just so everyone knows oh we really peeking over yeah there, we turn you down sorry oh, that's we, me i'm turning you down we uh we usually record on sunday nights but it's friday night and I'm uh, going back to LA tomorrow and I don't know. I think it's maybe just the combination of like, I know the week of being away from home and being, you know, on vacation is over and tomorrow I go back to life, back to reality. Mm. Monday I have the surgery. I can't, you know, it's like I've taken another day off work and I can't go in. I'm going to work from home on Tuesday, but like it just, I just feel like, I don't know. It just all started hitting me today. That you have a lot of things to do. Yeah, there's just like a lot and I'm going home and you're not going to be home till Sunday and Yeah, I'll be home 24 hours after I you. I know. It's enough time for you to go to sleep quietly, wake up, pick up Bo. Yeah, Bo. Bo will be waiting for me. Yep, Bo will be very excited to run into your car and lick your face while you're driving. He's going to be so excited. Yeah, and then I'll see you guys like, you know, by like six o'clock that evening. Yeah. I just, you know, I just today was just sort of like, I don't know, just kind of, I think it was, it was, it was like last day of vacation malaise. 
Yeah. Yeah. I have a last day of vacation. Can't wait to get home. I think that's that's like the combination of and it. You're always right that I should. Whenever I'm like, oh, I'll stay out a couple more days. You, I you always, always tell, say, don't. You're not going to want to. And that's yeah. correct. I always would like to get back to life and work. Well, I'm glad that I convinced because originally you were like, oh, I'll come home Monday. Yeah. And I was like, don't do that. Yep. And it actually turned out, thank God you didn't come back Monday because. Worked out so well. Having my surgery on Monday. Yes. So that is the reality of our lives. We have to get back and have surgery. And then I do a podcast. (laughs) We are really something, us two. I'm just like, I don't know. I'm just dreading it. You're dreading the surgery? Dreading the surgery. I don't like that it's in the middle of the day and I'm not going to be able to eat and or drink anything. I'm going to be so cranky. You can't have water, huh? Can't have anything. It's just like... From what time? After midnight. So it's a, it's after midnight regardless of what time your surgery is. So if let's say your surgery is 7 p.m. the next day. Uh, is it still midnight? Look, they said after midnight. I know, but I'm just wondering. Surgeons out there. I mean, really... I think it's eight hours. Like, but really, I think it doesn't matter. Really, I think if I have a couple sips of water, no one's going to know. I've had sips of water before. Shh, don't tell anyone. Uh, look, I'm just being real. It's going in your medical record. I'm just being real. Um, like, but uh, you know, I, I I like to wake up and have my coffee, have my breakfast, mm-hmm. and you're uh, very regular. I'm very regular. My poop schedule is probably going to be all messed up. Oh, that's going to be. And else. you know, you're constipated after anesthesia anyway. Yeah. It's going to be a mess. <laughs> it will be a mess. I better get some prunes. You better get some prunes. Um, so the plan is we'll go, we'll get, we'll do the surgery thing after your post. We need to have, we need to have bland food ready for ready me. Ready to go. Thinking we're trying, we're thinking up some bland foods. Bread. If you have any bland food ideas, by the time you hear this, <laughs> it'll be too late. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I think maybe container of white rice, some toast. (laughs) We could order some sticky white rice from any number of nearby restaurants. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I think we can really. I think I'll probably maybe some oatmeal. Oh yeah, oatmeal. That's a good one. Yeah, oatmeal's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. We'll get you some oatmeal. Okay, have it ready to go. I think I'll go to the grocery store on Sunday. Okay, you can also go Saturday night too if you're feeling it. I don't know if I'll be feeling it though. Um, I might want to go home and just like lie on the couch, wrap myself in a blanket, and and watch and like stream some weird show on Netflix. Stream like old Sex in the Cities. Oh, okay. So you're gonna go for an old show, not something new. Well, <laughs> what? <laughs> Matt was just fidgeting with the window opener. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. <laughs> There's a handle to open these large windows. Here. Um, I feel like watching sex and old sex in the cities is like my comfort food. I get that. You know, I'll it's my on, cheers. Yeah. I'll throw on a cheers or a, or a Frasier or Star Trek. The yeah. Next generation. Those because my, like I've seen favorite. all of them. Some of them I remember better than others, mm-hmm. but no matter, I can just pick a random one and, something will be like oh yeah oh yeah this one mm-hmm. you know yeah that's how i feel about a lot of my old shows so maybe i'll do that because 
you know, it's it is a linear show, but it's up. It feels episodic. Yeah, you can really just drop in wherever. You know, that's you know, it's the beauty of a show that's half hour long and serialized. So I don't know. Maybe I'll do that. <sighs> what else will I do Saturday night? That will make me feel less alone. Tea. Oh yeah, some tea. That would be. Yeah, good. you're gonna have some tea. I, you know, if if I don't get home too late, I might pick up Bo. That's a totally reasonable move. I might do that. I think it's a very reasonable Just thing. Thinking about lying on that on the chaise part of the couch with him snuggled in between my legs. Yeah, you know? that's the Bo way. Or next to me, he likes to like if I have my legs stretched out he likes to snuggle next to me not so much in between my legs that's not that's actually not super comfortable yeah but we share the chaise yep and he doesn't like, like to share it with me he's like hey mom yep. and i'm like hey bo i think that you should do that i think if you get in it if your flight is timely yeah you should absolutely pick up i a, feel like if i get home before seven thirty. Yeah. I can probably do it. I don't think they're going to let me pick him up too late. I think you could really swing it whenever. Yeah. So that's just where I'm at. And, you know, I, I was like, I wonder how long the recovery will be, like whether it'll be the same as the last one. Because um, I did, this is like a more intense hysteroscopy. But with the last hysteroscopy, like I couldn't exercise for two or three days couldn't take baths for a week. Like I, there were some, there were some restrictions. It wasn't crazy. So I asked like, what are the restrictions going to be on this? Yeah. And Seema called. She's like, well, we don't really know because we don't know exactly what's going to happen when he goes in there. You might have to have a balloon put in. I was like a balloon. She's like, yeah. If, you know, and then someone else, someone emailed us. Actually, we're going to read this email later. Um, like it, it helps prevent your uterus from collapsing, essentially. Wow. So she's like, yeah, so if you have the balloon put in, it's going to, you know, you'll, your, your recovery will be different. Oh, boy. And I was like, oh. Well, I hope uh, there's no balloon. I do, too. But. Knowing our luck, there'll be a balloon. You know, that's not necessarily true. All of my recoveries have been pretty straightforward. That's true. Very true. Um, yeah. Oh, and we also, I, heard, I got an email from Dr. Beck today saying that um, the rest of the biopsy test stuff was normal. The Yale protocol? The Yale protocol was normal. Yeah. So You have a receptive uterus. Uterus is ready to receive. Yep. After the surgery. After the surgery. And you know what? I can't even remember if we talked about this last week, but I'm, I'm, I'm annoyed and bordering on angry Mm -hmm. that they didn't find this earlier. Yes. There were, there were many doctors that went in there. Many doctors, many cameras, many cameras. There was the hysterosalpingogram, which several people emailed us to say that their uterine septums were discovered with on the HSG, which I had last April, mm-hmm. May, like, like, yeah, over a year ago. And they found the polyp there, but they right. didn't find the, the septum. 
and we did a whole transfer like it just it uh, just really it is annoys very me. frustrating and then you know when we went to usc so she could look at the polyp she went in there with a camera and mm-hmm. she didn't see it. And then right. when we did the polyp surgery, he didn't see it. That's the crazy one. I mean, are they always looking for that kind of thing? I though? don't think so. But like, didn't why didn't he notice it? I don't know. I don't know. It's just like annoying. What are you doing over there? Getting weird phone calls on my wrist. Why don't you take your watch off? Um... I don't know. Okay. So like I'm, I'm thrilled and relieved that they found it now, mm-hmm. but I'm also annoyed that they did not find it previously. It's a long endless ordeal. It seems. Yeah. yeah. I'm feeling drained and tired. Yeah, and, and just, we haven't, and I haven't even gotten, started. I haven't even gotten pregnant yet. Think we're how drained getting, and tired I'm going to feel then. Can't wait. I'll we be just, around so much for that. And we just spent a day and a half with two little kids, and I was like, "Oh boy, <laughs> this is exhausting." They are an exhausting couple of hellions. <sighs> Listen, it is it is what it is. I mean, they can occupy each other though. That's nice. I guess that's true. Um, yeah. Otherwise, as far as it's all concerned, we're all very just anxious here and hoping everything goes well on Monday. And that's, that's, that's us. Excuse me. We have to pay like three grand up front, but then they're submitting it for insurance. Um, and I'm hoping we'll get a chunk of stuff back. Yeah, but, I don't. Uh, but I, I'm not counting. I also on don't anything. know where we're putting that three grand. Yeah, me neither. It's really, really something. Yep. <laughs> it's like three grand here, three grand there, ten thousand there, another two thousand. You start to lose perspective, like when people post in the Facebook group that they're just starting IVF and they have sticker shock from like the first like $350 bill for the ultrasound. I'm like, Oh, I remember when all I had to worry about was a $350 bill. Totally. You know, I'm like, Oh man, you have so many, you have such a long and expensive road ahead of you. That's what I think. It's a dog barking. Uh huh. It's not Bo. No, Bo's not here. It's probably the black lab next door. Bo will probably never go on a plane. No. Unless it's a private plane. Yeah. That's just for dogs. They used to have that. They had that for like a year and then I think it didn't. Pet jet. Yeah. Like they, they couldn't, I don't know. They couldn't get it to work financially or something. Makes sense that it, they couldn't get it to work financially. Why? Who's going to be flying their pets? A lot of people, I bet. But enough for a specific pet situation? Like... You know, when you're going on vacation, a lot of times you're not going to a pet-friendly resort. That's true. So a lot of people probably don't. Bring and then their if you pets. if you have a small pet, you probably bring it yourself. Right. Right. A lot of people have small pets. Yeah, there was a there was a uh, there was a dog um, on the plane behind me. His name was Winston. Winston. Yeah, he was very cute. He was a corgi. 
That's. Oh, we met a dog that looked like a tiny bow. Yeah, we did. It was probably the greatest day of my life. Yeah, Matt couldn't stop talking about it for like two days. And yeah. He kept saying it was the highlight of the trip. Highlight of the trip was when I met the tiny dog that looked like Bo. <laughs> tiny. I, I feel like you're you're giving people the mental image of a miniature Bo, which um, it was, but, but he it was, was a puppy. puppy. It was a puppy Bo. Yeah. And I stopped the family and I showed them pictures of a grown Bo. And the little boys that were there were freaked out by how big Bo's head was. <laughs> It's probably misleading to show them pictures of, of grown-up Bo. <laughs> well, I think he looked so much like Bo. He looked a lot like Bo. All he the coloring was the same. He wasn't quite as like robust red as Bo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think you you just missed Bo a lot. And I then, do. I always miss Bo. And then also, you know, we always talk about like, what was Bo like as a puppy? We always wonder. We're never going to know. No, we're never going to know. Um... Next week, we're starting Matt Myra's new method of waking up at five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So, you know, putting it out there in the world just so That's good. I like that accountability. Yeah. So we can, I'll be updating you all next week on how that went. What is your, are you going to, what is your plan? Are you going to do yoga? My plan is to get up at five, get some energy, maybe a coffee or something, Mm -hmm. and then do an hour of yoga. Mm -hmm. And then I'll be able to then walk Bo deal with that Mm -hmm. and then get ready for work that's so so my plan is to get up at five okay every day all right everybody out there trying to make it accountable here i'm gonna try to get up at six we should have a group weight loss competition within the excellent adventure group on facebook to see who can lose the most weight yeah, but there's percentage. A, there's a lot of everyone's going through IVF. Yeah, we'll skip it, guys. I don't know. We'll skip it. We'll have a separate competition I for mean, people if, who are. If you want to, you know what, listening but not trying. If you want to create a subgroup for partners, subgroup for partners, male or female, who who want to lose weight. Oh, that's interesting. And then there's also, you know, actually there are people. I have seen people post um, that they want to lose weight before they do IVF. Oh. Subset. Interesting. I don't know how to make this work. Yes. If anyone has any ideas on how to make this work so we're all accountable to each other, let me know. Well, you could post in the Facebook group, which you've never done. I know. It'd be weird if I posted there because people would be like, who's this guy? Yeah. Sometimes I see people tagging you and I'm like, he's never going to see it. Uh, I saw one today that a, 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 a lovely lady with all of her needles out ready to go, yeah. thanking us for starting the group. Yeah, that was Melanie. That was our friend, Melanie. Oh, there you go. Melanie was out starting there. The, the, I saw that one today. I didn't click on the thing. I just saw the tiny <laughs> thumbnail. Oh, boy. I don't read. Yeah, that, this, is, this is exactly what I'm talking about, everyone. <laughs> I don't go on Facebook uh, for many reasons. Some of them uh, political, some of them sociological, but a lot of it laziness. Mm-hmm. So I don't get over there as much as I'd like. Anyway, so... What, what time do you think you're going to go to bed? We discussed this. I'm going oh, yeah, to go to bed nine. I'm going to try to begin the, the shutdown process at 9.30. The powering down process. Whether it's a sleepy time tea or a screens off. May I make a suggestion? No, but I'll listen. Uh, I don't think you should watch TV in bed on your phone anymore. If you want to try to fall asleep. I hear what you're saying. But I find that when I do go to bed early-ish, 
right? And I and I just go to bed, go to bed. I always wake up at two or three o'clock in the morning. Always. Hmm. It's a problem. Hmm. So I feel like that's, you know, the screen I need to really hmm. shut, to really wind it all down. So I don't know. Here's it's... the plan, everybody. We're going to start going to bed early, 930, 10 o'clock. This is my dream. We're going to start waking up at five. We're going to slip out of the room while, while Bo is still sound asleep. Wait, I'm not getting up at five. Curled up. We is in me. Oh, okay. Royal we. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to sneak out, have a cup of coffee, and then, and then do some yoga and really try to get rid of this, these last 70 pounds. Um, yeah, so that's the plan, everybody. I'll keep you updated. Next week, when Dory asks, how did it go? I'll answer. Great. Okay. Okay. Time for some email. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, I'm going to ask you a question. How's your sock drawer looking? Is it scary? Maybe it's time for a spring cleaning and refresh. Bombas just dropped a bunch of absurdly soft new socks, tees, and underwear to help you get that drawer in a better place while doing a little bit of good. Look, when I open up my uh, sock drawer and I see a clean pair of Bombas sitting on top, not only do my feet sort of jump for joy, but like, I can't wait to get them on my feet because I know they're going to be cozy. I know they're going to be the best socks in the house. And I know that they're going to keep me going all day long. They've got some great details that have been obsessed over, including the honeycomb arch support, which I love. Anti-blister tabs, which I also love. What that is, it's a little bit of the heel that goes up a little, just a just a smidge higher, like in a whatever the perfect amount higher is. That's how high it goes. Bombas has figured this out, uh, and they've got cushioned footbeds that feel like little pillows on your feet. Not to mention the buttery soft tees and underwear with no itchy tags. Oh, I hate an itchy tag. And Bombas is like, don't worry about it. We do too. And look, the best thing about Bombas is that when you purchase an item, Bombas donates an item that's right every time you buy their socks tees or underwear you're also donating essential clothing to someone facing homelessness to date bombas has donated over 100 million clothing items and counting i mean bombas can make returns easy as well i don't know why you'd return anything because what but they do have a 100 percent happiness guarantee so if the dryer or your dog eats a sock or if you're unhappy with your purchase for virtually any reason They'll do whatever they can to replace it and make it right. Bombas has a spring collection out right now. That means new colors and new fun. That's right. They have garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. They got stripes. They got florals. They've got vintagey colored rib socks. You know those like, you know, uh, stripes on the top of it. It's like, oh, hey, look at me. I'm a vintage uh, soccer player or track person. They've got those too. And they even have a new pointel sock with a frilly cuff. You know, for all you frill seekers out there, folks, 
All I'm saying is you heard me talk about Bombas for years now. I don't know why you haven't done anything about it. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash adventure and use the code adventure for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash adventure. Use the code adventure at checkout. Trust me, your feel thank you. Yeah. Um. All right. So this first email is from Catherine, and this is the one about the surgery that I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. Um, so she writes that her surgery was also on a Monday and also scheduled for 1 p.m. Well, mine's scheduled for noon, but same diff. Once the IV line was hooked up, I hopped up on the table and woke up 45 minutes later with four nurses watching over me. The first thing I, I asked coherently was, did they find a septum? The answer was yes, and that it had been successfully removed. Hurrah. The only problem I seemed to have post-surgery was that I couldn't pee and they would not let mm. me leave the hospital until I did. My husband and I stuck around for another six hours. Oh, Hope we don't have to stick around for six hours. It was frustrating to say the least. Peeing was not a problem I ever thought I would have. However, I also never thought I would be experiencing any of this. I had a balloon inserted at the end of surgery, which was not as cute as it sounds. It was a balloon catheter that held the walls of my uterus in the correct shape. So they didn't collapse after the septum was removed. So this is what Seema was saying. I think is that after Dr. March takes removes the septum and if he thinks that the wall the the lining is too thin, mm-hmm. he will put in the balloon. Okay. Which I didn't totally understand why that would necessitate a balloon, but Catherine has explained it much better. <laughs> Catherine coming through. Thank you, Catherine. Uh, she says it was no treat to deal with, just generally uncomfortable. Warning the day after the surgery, the little end popped out about three inches. Oh. I was so worried the whole thing was falling out that I paged the doctor. His response just shove it back in. <laughs> with like a finger, with like some to sort of all tool? the boys out there, it does not work like that, okay? Apparently, the tube is really long. I just dealt with it and would wrap toilet paper around the tip. Oh, that sounds horrible. Eight days later, the doctor took it out quickly and fairly pain-free. Stuff to be aware of for your surgery. Mm -hmm. It's surgery. Take the time to rest and recover. Work from home if you can. I felt gross, low energy, and generally didn't want to go out. Walking is weird post-surgery. It just is. Buy some comfortable underwear, thick pads, and liners for post-surgery. It's all about comfort and coverage. Get some stool softeners. They will likely tell you that, but it's important because you can't push while you have the balloon in. Oh, God. This sounds horrible. It does. That's why I went, oh, God. It took eight weeks to have my follow-up sano. Everything healed very well. My doctor was very pleased with himself. I felt himself high-fiving himself with his comment, you should have no problem conceiving now. I cried and wanted to hug him. I refrained from said hug, and he awkwardly left the room. That was a year ago. Since then, we've gone through more rounds of trying the old-fashioned way, four rounds of cycle monitoring and some helpful drugs, three rounds of IUI with an injectable cycle for the last one. Mm -hmm. We're currently in the process of prepping for our first egg retrieval around August 3rd. All still surreal, really hoping to get some answers. Best of luck next week with your surgery, Dory. You've got this. Thank you, Catherine. Catherine really is shedding a lot of light on on this. Uh, something we're very still much, very much in the dark about is how your surgery is going to go and what it is going to entail. Yeah, and I, I feel like she has really... It's good to hear from someone who's actually gone through it Also, herself. Catherine, congratulations on your doctors finding it before you did this first round of IVF. 
Well, she she and her husband have been trying. She said I could condense her email. Ah. Um, so I left out the part where she talked about having miscarriages. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they found the septum. Ah. So Understood. not great. Understood. But, but yeah, well, at okay, least they right. found it. We look forward to hearing about your round. Yep. Indeed. Um, this next email is from anonymous. Yes. I felt compelled to write you after listening to Sheila's email from episode 40 regarding how to approach her cousin about fertility options after multiple miscarriages. This email, do you remember this one? We didn't really know how to advise her. Right. I recall someone else. Yeah. My advice to Sheila is don't. Oh, Okay. I base this on my own experience with multiple losses. When my husband and I decided to start trying to conceive, we were surprised to find that we got pregnant on our first try. We were in our early 30s at the time. I had an easy, problem-free pregnancy, and our first child was born full-term, beautiful, and healthy. Two years later, we started trying for baby number two, expecting to have another easy pregnancy. Again, I got pregnant right away, but unfortunately miscarried at five weeks on Christmas Day. I subsequently had two more pregnancies and losses, totaling three miscarriages in one year, Christmas to Christmas. Oh, God. It was not something that I ever discussed with my family. Only my closest few friends knew because it was too heartbreaking to have to keep talking about. But after your second miscarriage, both you and your doctor start to investigate why you're miscarrying and weighing the pros and cons of alternative methods of conception. Even though I knew that people were coming from a good place, it was frustrating to keep getting unsolicited advice for things that I'd already discussed with my doctor. Because believe me, I'd been trying to find the answer to not have to go through another miscarriage, and your doctor isn't okay with just letting you miscarry again and again. In my case, the doctor never found a pole or a yolk sac. I don't know what that means. In any of my pregnancies, what's a pole? It's a Polish person. Oh, you have a little Polish person in your eggs? <laughs> oh, boy. Can't wait till we maybe become pregnant and we figure that out on this podcast. <laughs> uh, so the eggs had never developed beyond fertilization. After my mi- first miscarriage, I had a blood workup, which turned out normal. So there was nothing to work on there. Since I had no problem actually getting pregnant and since the eggs never developed to a fetus, my problem was most likely chromosomal rather than physical or anatomical. Either it was poor egg quality, I was now in the dreaded AMA, advanced maternal age category, or it was poor sperm quality. What, what? And only going through IVF with genetic testing would help that. We weren't prepared to spend that kind of money on IVF yet, so we kept trying the old-fashioned way. I got pregnant again a year and a half after my first miscarriage, and on my eight-week ultrasound, we heard that glorious heartbeat, and I knew that this baby was going to be okay. My rainbow baby is now four months old and perfect, and our family now feels complete. But leading up to it was a difficult period in my life, and I was most thankful for the people who were gently supportive, letting me know that they were available if I needed them, but didn't push me to open up or offer unsolicited advice. So I think that Sheila's cousin, excuse me, would appreciate knowing that she's loved and supported, but if she's anything like me, doesn't want to be asked, have you considered dot, 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 because yes, she has considered. Hopefully. I, I mean, I think this, this person's point about doctors, you know, like after you've had a couple of miscarriages, they're like, oh, we need to figure out what's going on. Like, you know, it's not like they're just like, oh, okay. Doo, doo, doo. You never know. You could have a terrible doctor. And then what? 
However, I would say in this case, Anonymous's advice is much better than my own. <laughs> I do like this, like the the notion of being gently supportive, though. I think that's a that's a good way to go. I know in this past week, like when uh, people would ask me like what was going on, and I to almost everyone, I was like, I can't go into it. Yeah. It's just too much. I can't go into it right now. It's just too much to go into. Well, you also have the ability to send them a file and say, just listen to this podcast. I know, but you once told me that I can't expect all of my friends to be listening to the podcast. Oh, but I am I meant to say that you had already explained it and you could say to them, can't really talk about it right now, but if you really want to know, it's in the first 20 minutes of this. Hmm. I know I always feel like it's like that almost makes it more annoying when it's friends because then I get a sort of like, like, oh, I'm sorry. I haven't listened to your podcast. Oh, like, a, and, I, and then I have to be like, no, it's okay. And then yeah. I'm like, Ugh. it's okay. I mean, I'll tell them right now, but they're not listening. It's right, okay. Exactly. It's okay. If you right. It's okay. Podcast. But then I also have the right to be like, Believe I don't want to talk me. about it. Do you know how many friends I have with podcasts? I'm not listening to them. No, exactly. But then it's like, then when people ask who don't listen. Right. It's kind of like, well, I, I talk about this for like an hour and a half every week. <laughs> oh, interesting. But I don't say that. Interesting. What? This, 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 that angle you're coming at. What do you mean? Like when I used to get home and I would, you know, when we were doing three nerdists a week and, you know, I wouldn't want to talk when I got home. I'd be like, I already talked all day. I don't want to talk about anything. You would get mad at me. You would not understand. Okay, my, but. No, no, no. That's different. How? This is a podcast specifically about IVF. Right. And then I have friends who I talk to who ask me, how is the IVF going? Uh-huh. And I'm like, I have a podcast uh-huh. where you can find out where the IVF, yes. how the IVF is going. Yeah. Um, I am your wife. Yes. You weren't then. Uh, Okay. You still have to talk to me, even if you do podcasts. <laughs> All right, but I'm just saying you could listen. Go okay, back but and listen then to I have to listen podcasts. to like Hardwick and Jonah. Well, I'm sorry about that. I can't do anything about those. And two. guests. Who knows if you so, might like the guests? You never know. It's not just like oh, there's a great episode with a guest named Dory Shafrir. She's an author. She sounds cool. She is very cool. Uh, this podcast. This podcast comes to us from Jen. <laughs> This next email is from Jen. Like Dory, I am Jewish and was brought up in a Jewish household. Can you confirm this, Dory? Uh, yes. It is a Jewish thing to be very superstitious about pregnancy. And during my first pregnancy, I followed this custom pretty well. Is this also true? Yes. Uh, I didn't tell anyone outside the immediate family until I was into the second trimester. And then I didn't bring anything for the baby into the house until after he was born. That is a Jewish thing. You don't want to invite the evil eye. What's the evil eye? The evil eye knows that you have a baby coming and then kills the baby. Where'd this evil eye come from? God. Is this part of one of the plagues? The firstborn Uh, killing? I don't I don't know what the origin of it is. Oh my god! But yeah, it's. I mean, that's why like a lot of Jews don't have baby showers and oh. don't like build nurseries until Ugh. like like. Well, then what do you do when the baby's here? You can't build a nursery while the baby's sitting around. I know. It's like 
Oh boy. It's complicated. Anyway, let's get back into this with Jen. I mean, you can build the nursery, but I guess like maybe people do it like on the DL. Secret nursery? Yeah. Secret. Like you're not like posting on Instagram like, hey everyone, made like did the nursery today. Oh, that's true. You know? That's very true. That's a good way to do it. Yeah. Like you're just kind of secretly doing the nursery. Jen continues. I'm a super duper planner like Dory. And this situation added an extreme amount of stress to me during my first couple of months of life. Uh, during his first couple of months of life, as I was dealing with newborn stresses, plus the stress of getting all the baby things there, uh, there are to get so many things. Yeah, because you don't have a baby shower, so you don't get all the things in advance. So the baby gets born and you're like, oh, no, I need all the things. This sounds like not a way to do it. Uh, this, this Our baby, which will be half Catholic. <laughs> Uh, we'll have no problem welcoming an evil eye. In my second pregnancy, I'm finding myself to be a little more lenient on planning for the new addition, but I find my Jewish guilt is bubbling up and I feel like maybe I'm bringing myself bad luck by getting too prepared and too open with people about the whole process. I'm just wondering if this has ever come up for Dory as you have chosen to be so open about your journey to pregnancy. Do you ever feel superstitious about sharing so much? Thanks, so much. I wish you guys the best of luck, and I uh, hope you will have your own little crazy monster soon. Keep the faith that you're doing a great job. Sincerely, Jen from DC. I don't know if I would allow these superstitions to occur. Oh, really? Yeah. I the main thing that I hate in in Jew in Jewtown. Yep. Is the naming process. What do you mean? I don't like that you can't name a child after someone. Who is living mm. it's very annoying to me mm. and i also don't like that if you pick a name and then someone in your family's like oh so and so's cousin had a baby and named it something that okay. sounds like that that is not a jewish thing that is a that is an everyone thing uh disagree no i no you're wrong. i disagree you're wrong i'm not wrong you are wrong you are so wrong the, the two the two human beings may never encounter each other do you know what I mean? This is just a human thing. Okay. This is not Let's a Jewish follow up. thing. Let's go back in time then to the naming process of b- baby names. You know, what if I wanted to name the kid Matt Jr.? No. Exactly. Okay. John. No. Can't do it. Why can't I do it? I'll be shy. Okay. Can't do it. Why not? That was a trick question. You can't do it. But I said, Okay. <laughs> You were supposed to say no. I know. Um, so, but that's that's one of the Jewish things I don't love. Well, sorry, you married a Jew. Also, I like the name Sam, and it's already been taken. Yeah, that's true. So, and you also would have been like, oh, your next boyfriend named Sam. But I would have been like, I don't care. Sam Malone is awesome. That's what I would say. What about Malone? I don't think a first. that's a first name. We could make it a first name. Malone. 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 I'm warming to it. Malone. Malone Myra. It's a good name. Malone My- Oh, we might be onto something here. I'm just saying. Mayday Malone Myra. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Back to Jen's question. Um, do I ever feel superstitious about sharing so much? Uh, no. I don't. But the baby, like, I... I have kind of thought about the baby shower thing. Like, I try not to think about it because it feels oh, it's happening. like too far down the line. It is. But I'm like. If oh. we're pregnant and you have a healthy pregnancy and, 
you know, it comes to a trimester where we're like, well, it's about time to be thinking about a baby shower. We will have a baby shower for you. We just can't tell God where we're having it. Uh, God will be busy. How do you know? He's a very he's very busy right now. She, you mean? Sure. I'll go with the Joan Osborne School of God. <laughs> no, no, it's not Joan Osborne. It's uh, what if God was one of us? Yes, yeah, but it's Dishwalla. Is it Dishwalla? No, it's Joan Osborne. No, but the song, but because uh, I'd really like to meet her. Oh, that song. That's yeah. Dishwalla. Yeah. Tell me all your thoughts. Oh, God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I mean, I'm not going to this is from Allie. Hello there. I wanted to respond to an email read on episode number 39 from Julia. She asked how to handle medical histories from chi- children uh, for children from donor eggs or sperm who were not told of their scientific origin story. While she wasn't adopted at a cellular stage, a close friend of mine was adopted as a baby. I like that. Adopted at a cellular stage. (laughs) (laughs) She always knew this fact and never had any negative feelings regarding it. However, when she reached her late teens and early 20s, she started having several mystery health issues. Her family never gave her the details on... It's very distracting when you move that cursor because oh, your sorry. name pops up and it's like hard to read over all of You see what I'm doing here? Oh, uh-huh. This is what it looks like when I'm reading. Okay. <laughs> We're in a Google Doc, guys. Because we... Different. We didn't print out the we emails. We printer here. Back to Allie. Okay. Uh, however, when she reached her late teens and early 20s, she started having serious, uh, several mystery health issues. Her family gave her... Never gave her details on who her biological parents were, even after these issues developed. They claimed the adopted information is unavailable. To this day, we're both turning 30 in December, she cannot get a 100% accurate diagnosis The doctors, because the doctors do not have a complete history on her. So, as you two have stated before, tell the children. Give them as much information as they can handle, and uh, as soon as they can handle it. Always have the door open and info available. It will help them in the future. It will also help any future grandbabies. My friends have three young has three young daughters and worries her incomplete medical past may lead to turmoil for them if they develop any significant health problems. Thank you for the podcast. I look forward to listening to uh to get a nice break from talking to felons all day. I work in a jail and interview all the people or get arrested wow. in the last twenty four hours. Oi oi. Good luck. Hope your adventure ends up in a happy place, preferably filled with healthy, giggling baby wearing a service baby onesie. Allie. P.S. Matt, I sent the email with all the Bosch questions during the second bonus episode. So glad someone else is with me on how obnoxious Bosch can get with his attitude. Love him anyway. And Bo Bosch, too. Listen, I once tweeted that Bosch would get a lot more done if he would occasionally follow a rule. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, and I stand by that, and I just think that sometimes these rogue detectives <laughs> just need to just get shit done the regular way. <laughs> All right, but Allie, uh, it's fun to reinforce that point. Yep, we we are pro telling your your egg, your adopted embryos or eggs or sperms, whether they are adopted at the cellular or later level. That is correct. All right, guys. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, 
HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I did it. Yeah. Um, this. Oh, you know what? Yes, dear. I think it's time for a voicemail. Ooh, I love a voicemail. Yeah. Can't wait to hear how loud it may or may not be. Thanks to me not checking the levels on this. Go ahead. Okay. Hey, Dory. Nailed it. This is Nalani. Um, I'm a first time caller and I just finished the episode where Dory has found out that she has a uterine septum. I'm fairly certain after discovering that, Dory probably was very surprised at all the different weirdness abnormalities or even how, like, women's reproductive systems are formed that we just don't know. Yes, I was. I know I was. I have a heart-shaped uterus. Um, I had to undergo, like, imaging tests um, to see if I actually had a full-on septum. Mm -hmm, But they mm -hmm. determined that, like, I just had a heart-shaped uterus so basically instead of having the septum which my doctor described to me as kind of like being like a cartilage wall like the cartilage wall was absorbed into my body but I guess not fully so my muscles ended up like my uterine muscles ended up going over that so like it is all muscle it has like all the muscle and I guess like for the most part there's no issue with um with like a blood supply for an embryo or something, but, um, like, yeah, like, it's just, I have uh, an abnormality, and even with that small abnormality, I do have a higher risk of miscarriage, and I discovered all of this after my first miscarriage. I have since had a spontaneous baby, um, a daughter, and that pregnancy was fine, but, um, something to, I guess, like, find out going further is if you would be um, at a higher possibility of having a preterm baby. I I underwent the testing, and, like, after after the imaging, they found out I just had the heart-shaped uterus, and they're like, oh, no, you're good to go, fine. And so I spontaneously got pregnant, and I ended up delivering my daughter at 34 weeks. She only had a nine-day wow. NICU stay. She was really, she was really well-developed, so... So um, it wasn't that it wasn't terribly traumatic, but leaving your hospital without your baby, especially your first one, is pretty awful. But um, but that'd be something to add because I didn't even find out until after I had already delivered her and like doing some reading that my heart-shaped uterus puts me at a higher risk of that of having a preterm child. So that might be something to find out. Um, I didn't have to undergo surgery because they decided that it wouldn't be benefit, like it wouldn't be worth it because of, because of how, I guess, minimal my uterine abnormality is. So, I don't know. I just wanted to throw that out there so that you can make sure to get all the information that you have. I would like more information. Anyways, I hope this wasn't too weird and awkward and rambling. Um, have a good day. I wish you luck. And I'm looking forward to Hey, Mandori. Wow, we're seeing the next one already. That was too soon. No. Well, hers got cut off at the three-minute mark. Oh. And then it went... I was trying to stop it, and then it went right into the next one. (sighs) 
Um, so yeah, so preterm babies, miscarriages, placenta problems, these are all issues that come up with uterine septums. Um, depending on the severity of them, you can carry a baby to term. Um, supposedly, uh, when they fix this, all of the issues that come with a uterine septum will be will be fixed. So I shouldn't have an issue with uh, preterm babies or placenta issues or anything like that. So, but to your other point about all the various weird things that can happen in a uterus. Mm -hmm. Yes. I was like, what the fuck? I had no idea. We both had no idea. That's the beauty of doing this podcast. We have no idea. And you all listen to us. Have no idea. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So. All right. Yep. Time for another email. Um, This is from. B. Oh, I was going to read this You one. are welcome to do so. Okay. Uh, B says, thank you so much for your podcast. It is so much fun to listen to you too. Pro chit chat, pro parking was stories, etc. And your experiences as well as those of your listeners have helped me feel less alone until right now. What? No. Currently, I'm feeling like the only person in the world in this situation. And I know your podcast will help me see that I'm not. Okay. Here we go. The story. My wife and I parentheses, lezzies. <laughs> she said that. I, uh-huh. uh, we're always going to need to use science and magic to start our family. Hence our blog, www.magicsciencefamily.com. Oh, that's a good, that's a good URL. Cool. Um, our plan was for me to have one kid and then for us to adopt a second. My wife has no interest in carrying a child. At my first appointment, the doctors found an endometrioma that had to be removed before they would even try a round of IUI. I had laparoscopic surgery during which they removed the endometrioma, a ton of endometriosis, and a septum in my uterus. Septum buddies. What? what? I was told to wait three months to heal. In the meantime, we moved across the country. Between getting new insurance and setting up initial appointments with the new doctors, I didn't get back into the swing of things until six months later, at which point, guess what? It all grew back. Oh, my God. Plus fibroids that the previous surgeon had left in grew. Plus my AMH dropped to 0.2. I'm 33 years old. That's very low for 33. Wow. We cannot afford to do IVF. So this has all been an effort to do IV- IUI. And now we're basically being told it is not going to work. I'm sure this would be frustrating to anyone. But for my wife and I, it feels particularly brutal because we can't try for free. So we have no idea if it would work or not. The recommendation at this point is to quit before we have tried a single time. So here are my questions. One, is there anyone else out there in this situation? Where are my infertile lesbians at? I'm sure we will hear from we must have some, some fellow infertile lesbians. Two, do you think we should try just one round of IUI anyway? No. It would be more expensive than regular IUI because it would need to come with Clomid and the injectables, but it wouldn't have a higher chance of success than average IUI, 10 to 15%, probably lower given all my issues. Three, I sense that this is sort of a taboo question, and I'm not saying I think anyone else should do this, but if any listeners out there that made the transition from fertility treatment to adoption, what advice do you have for us? As we most likely start that transition, are there any podcasts or blogs like this where we could find solace and community? Thank you so much for being there for me, and I'll be sticking with you even as my fertility journey draws to a close. Cheers, B. 
that's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot to unpack. A lot to unpack. I, 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 I have, I have something very controversial to say oh, right now. Oh, 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 I can't. Okay. What? Your wife has a working uterus, presumably. Mm-hmm. Your wife has no interest in carrying. Mm-hmm. I understand this. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. if I could carry a child, mm-hmm. I would carry a child mm-hmm. because it is so difficult for my wife to do so. Mm. That may be a conversation you might think about having. Mm. There, mm. I said it. Wow, you said it. You really said it. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, listen, I, I understand how the, you know, I have, believe me, I have no interest in carrying a child. However, if it would save us uh, half the fucking headaches we've had here, I'd do it. I'd be a terrible pregnant person, though. You would. You'd be so annoying. Oh, I'd be such a victim. You would. I can't. I'm pregnant. You just complain all the time. I can't get up at five. I'm oh, pregnant. Oh, I'm pregnant. Uh, I need a milkshake. I'm out of jokes. I'm pregnant. That's what you'd say? Probably. That's mm-hmm. what I'd say at work. <laughs> I need to put my feet up. I always do anyway. Mm-hmm. Um... Yes. So that's that. What do you think? You well, just let me hang out there on that. No, I'm I'm thinking about this. I mean, she says her wife has no interest in carrying a child. Great. I ha- I would have no interest either. Uh, I guess it's, it is something to bring up. Now, the one thing I will say as I'm rereading this email, yes, their plan was always to adopt a second child. Uh huh. So, sounds like they have been. They've been sort of prepping themselves always for the, potential. for the potential to adopt. Yes. So I get that it's very disappointing to not be able to have your own kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, here's the only other thing I would say. Adoption's not going to be cheap either. Correct. Medically. It's probably safer. Medically, it is probably safer. But, you know, you said you can't afford to do IVF. Uh, I I mean, I don't know. I feel like we need to hear from people who have been in this situation. I feel feel like I can't give amazing advice about this particular situation. She's she's putting the uh, egg signal out. Putting the egg signal out. Where are my infertile lesbians at? Infertile lesbians who might have a better uh handle on these things than say me mm-hmm. <laughs> uh an infertile male then yes please answer help help be yeah and and you know if people have advice about adoption for her we're not going to turn this into an adoption podcast but not yet oh boy <laughs> but uh give us a few more times <laughs> Anyway, yeah, any advice for B would be very much appreciated. I see what you did there. Yep. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, okay. How do you feel about this anonymous email? Would you like yourself to read it? You can or read or it. Myself? You can read it. All right. This is from Anonymous. I'm a longtime listener, and my husband and I are fellow IVFers. After listening to episode 39, Back to Reality, I can totally relate to the stress of how much everything costs, especially all the hidden costs. 
It's amazing to read articles that say the average cost of an IVF cycle is $12,000, but I can guarantee we've spent triple that amount with one egg retrieval and two unsuccessful transfers from the meds, hotels, our clinics out of town, gas, extra procedures, extra tests, extra checkups, etc. Extra, way, extra, extra, extra. It's just, always extra. Yeah, but that's such a good point. You can always tell when someone writing about IVF has not gone through IVF. Right. Because they're like, the average IVF cycle is $12,000. And you're like, <laughs> Uh, it's fucking crazy. Or they just say something that you're like, oh, you actually have no idea. Yeah. My husband and I both have jobs we love. They won't ever make us rich, but they pay the bills. It seemed like career satisfaction outweighed having a high income level. That is until IVF came into our lives. Now I find myself having a difficult time not being bitter or jealous of people who have very high paying jobs and don't have the medical expenses of fertility issues that we do. I even catch myself being jealous of people going through IVF who live in states where their IVF is covered by insurance. Well, aren't we all jealous of that? Yeah. Fucking Massachusetts jerks. Hi, we're in Massachusetts right now. Uh, do you or your listeners ever feel this way or and how do you handle that? Well, I, I handle it by thinking, well, I'm not there. So what the hell am I going to do? In an effort to save some money, I looked into online pharmacies like IVFmeds.com, where they are significantly cheaper. Wait, Medicare, you, you skipped a word, a very important word. Overseas. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Pharmacies overseas, like IVF meds, where they're significantly cheaper. Menopure, for example, is $36 per vial, whereas the best quote I got from a pharmacy in the U.S. was $82.90 a vial. Multiply that by several vials, and that's more than a $1,000 difference in price. I hear a lot about women whose REs either give them the prescription so they can easily order from any pharmacy, or they encourage them to order from overseas to get the best prices. I've never heard of the encouraging to order from overseas. I have not either. Uh, so I asked her clinic if I could have the official prescription to fax to pharmacies. My intention was to price shop both among American and overseas pharmacy, but didn't necessarily say that because I knew they discouraged or ordering from overseas pharmacies. However, I was told no. The clinic would fax it to the pharmacies and they wouldn't give the official prescription to me to do it myself. So I thought, well, they discourage or ordering from overseas, but maybe they'll allow us with a stern... Uh, allow us anyway with a stern warning. So I asked if they would fax the prescription uh, for me to some overseas pharmacies, but my clinic told us no because the meds are not regulated by the FDA and they would only fax prescriptions to American pharmacies. I was on board with that answer at the beginning of our IVF journey, but now I don't care because they are the exact same meds, but for so much cheaper. We've already spent so much money and no baby to show for it. Paying such exorbitant prices for medication can almost be heartbreaking, especially when I know there are affordable alternatives that our clinic is preventing us from accessing. I love the doctor and the clinic, with this issue being the only exception. Have you or any of your listeners encountered this issue? There are, of course, options like discount programs like Comp Compassionate Care uh, and First Steps, which are we were eligible for a small discount and we took advantage and we take advantage of it. I've also looked into IVF grants extensively, but there are very few. The qualifications can be restrictive, and the competition is high. I guess there's no easy way around it. IVF is expensive. I don't know how I feel about you ordering overseas medications. Hmm. I never have. I know. I feel like the Food and Drug Administration regulation is... is uh, Thumbs up for me. I also feel like if you're going to totally subterfuge the law and just order from overseas pharmacies, why the fuck would you need a prescription? 
I think they require it. Why? Why do they care? Look, I don't know. I've never tried to order from an overseas pharmacy, but they obvious, obviously she wasn't able to order it without the prescription. That's the issue. Well, try a little darker, a little deeper on the web. Bad advice, probably. Yeah. I mean, sorry. You're I'm, having a pillow I'm issue. very uncomfortable. I don't know what she's doing. She's thrown a pillow on the floor. She's picked that pillow up again. Okay. Now she's sitting. She's not realizing her headphones are too no, far I'm away. No, I'm realizing it. It's the setup is not great. Can you move the the mic the 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 recorder a little bit? You know closer what? We'll never me? do this setup again. How about that? Oh, okay. Thank you. That's better. Thank you. <laughs> um, I mean, I I feel you so hard on this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't think that I don't think there's any way to force your clinic into giving you that prescription. I know that there are. Fa- I'm not a member of any of these Facebook groups, but I know that there are Facebook groups where people trade meds or sell them for cheaper. Oh, really? On the secondary market leftovers, huh? Yeah, you might you might look into that. Um. That's an interesting move. Yeah. I don't think the Excellent Adventure Facebook group is the place to do that. Um, But there are other groups that, from what I've heard, do do drug exchanges. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, ultimately it's expensive. And to your previous point slash question about jealousy... Like, yes, of course. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's very frustrating, especially California is very progressive about many things. Yeah. But not about IVF. It's a big state with a lot of other burdens, you know? I do, but they managed to like be, they managed to be leaders in a lot of, kind of socially progressive mm-hmm. things, but not about infertility. Yeah. I mean, as big as California is, there's still a lot of people in the state who, um, you know, are live on farms. That has nothing to do with it. <laughs> well, I think that they, you know, it's the same people who would fucking tweet at us about like, the fact that we it shouldn't be covered because it's a voluntary procedure. Mm, those, those people. people. <sighs> Say no more. By the way, I love farmers. I've been to Farm Aid. It's cool. We went to the county fair. I'd be happy to have a farm. Okay. I'd be thrilled. We we saw the 4-H club, the local 4-H club yeah, here. Yeah, it was And great. I had a great time. We saw cows. We saw camels. We saw, uh, we saw llamas. Emus. We saw emus. We saw... Um, Tiny horses, alpacas, we saw chickens, Chickens. we saw roosters, we saw it all. Big cows. Big cows, we saw a duck that looked like it had a toupee on. Yeah, I put that on my Instagram story. It was a good duck. Yeah, a lot of people responded to that. Oh yeah? They were like, that duck is funny looking, he looks like Elvis. It's the Elvis of ducks. Yeah. Follow Dory Shafrir on Instagram, at Dory, (laughs) D-O-R-E-E, and check out that duck. Well, that It'll duck, probably be expired. I think by it's then. gone by now. Sorry, you missed the duck. No duck. Too bad. Um. All right. This email is from anonymous. 
I love a first sentence that starts out with the word lawsuit in it. Oh, yeah. Dory, what are you doing? I'm trying to get more comfortable. We don't have a ton of time left. I think you can Okay. You okay, can muster okay. it without... All right. Here yeah. we go. There we go. That's just all that You've mustered. That's what I was trying to do. Okay. Please make this anonymous again because my lawsuit is still in progress, but please share this with the listener who's preparing for gastric bypass and was in a car accident. This was a couple episodes ago. Remember we had... Um, someone write in who said she weighed over 500 pounds yes and part of the issue was that she'd been hit by a drunk driver that i remember yes and of exercise was very painful for her yes. and you suggested ddp yoga yeah you can start with a chair yeah okay so three and a half years ago i was crossing the street and a four-door pickup truck turned left and hit me I had my MacBook Pro in my purse, and that absorbed and projected the impact in a way that pushed me forward instead of down, which would have meant being run over by those huge tires. All those years watching action films paid off. I hit the ground with my hips and rolled out of the road, again avoiding being run over. The driver stopped, horrified at what his lack of attention had done. Mm-hmm. I was extremely lucky because I avoided hitting my head and that rolling in calcium-rich foods saved my bones. Even though I didn't have any broken bones, the nerve and soft tissue injuries have plagued me ever since, along with the weight of not being the person I always work towards being. I currently take Cymbalta for the pain, and it takes the edge off enough that I can push myself more with PT exercises. The most important part of my recovery, however, has been being diagnosed with PTSD and seeing a therapist once a week. Just because you survived an accident doesn't mean it didn't change you. And I strongly recommend the listener make an appointment with a therapist experienced in handling PTSD in car accident victims. Mm. In addition, she should get her cortisol and other hormones tested. PTSD can cause abnormally low cortisol, and that is probably another thing against her weight loss efforts. Goodness, this is very long, so I'm sorry, but I can't bear to think that someone out there that I could help is suffering. I hope this helps and that she gets the support she needs because anything is possible with help. Best of luck and wishes to all of you. Wow. Yeah. That is a fantastic email. Yep. And I was like, this isn't long. It's very interesting. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, you don't really think about PTSD for. Yeah. And finding someone who specializes in like it. like that. I think we have one more voicemail, right? Uh, yeah. Or did we not? No, no, we do. Okay. Hey, Matt and Dory. It's Michelle. I called before at one point. Um, <laughs> I rehearsed this in my brain a few times and uh, I, I'll probably fuck it up. Um, because I do that. Um, but, uh, and I'll probably sound like the guy from swingers. Gosh, I'll probably call back several times. Um, Which anyway, uh, over, yeah. Um, I listened to the recent podcast and I'm sorry. Uh, gosh, I know you guys are going through a lot and I'm so happy that you're doing the podcast. Um, I went through this so many years ago and I now have three little boys and, I know that's a lot of little boys, and it's overwhelming. Um, but when I went through all of the infertility treatments, um, uh, long story, I won't go into mine, but uh, I became really introverted and crazy and didn't talk to anyone and lost a lot of friends. And your podcast would have been amazing back then for me. And I'm telling everyone about it, going through any kind of loss, uh, miscarriage, everything, which we had our fair share of. Um, but anyway, uh, so thanks for doing what you're doing. Uh, I wish it had been there when I was going through what I was going through. And I'm sorry that you're going through what you're going through. 
and I hope that there's a happy ending for you. And yeah, anyway, I just wanted to give you some positive feedback and let you know that you're awesome and thanks for everything you're doing. And that's it. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Uh, that was a very sweet voicemail and I feel weird that I asked for it. Let's hear that very positive thing <laughs> someone said about you, us. Well, you didn't even know what the voicemail That's was. That's true. It's very true, but it sounds like I so asked for it when I didn't. Um, no, you didn't. So this last email yeah. is from Sherry Olson. Uh-huh. Friend of the podcast. If you recall. Donator of the podcast. Two episodes ago. I do recall two episodes I ago. did. Yes. The names. You did. Absolutely. And it helped me out a great deal and I appreciate it. It's probably the nicest thing you've done for me since we've been married. Wow. You really made me sound like a jerk. No. I just want people to know how much of uh, an effort those names sometimes take. Mm. Well, anyway, Sherry says, Dory, you are good at this prediction thing. I would have to go back to the future or something several years to be 50 again. Whoa. But I did, in fact, just start training for the Senior Olympics. What? Not the luge, although that would be more fun, but the 200-meter dash. Okay, that is bananas. (laughs) Honey, you did a great job. Uh, Sherry, I look forward to hearing about your Senior Olympics journey. I should basically be a Hollywood medium. Uh, or psychic or clairvoyant Hollywood psychic why particularly hollywood well because there's a tv show called hollywood medium well isn't there one called long island medium yeah oh no why Is not be hollywood why not do medium? like why not be the cape cod medium because i don't live on cape cod i know but we could for the show hmm. cape r- cod clairvoyant cape 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 cod clairvoyant is a terrible title no it's got all the c's too many c's <laughs> anyway too many c's too many C's. So that about does it for the email portion of the evening. Yeah, it does. Um, I want to reiterate again how much I appreciate everybody who listens to the show and how much we're all going through together. And I also appreciate everyone who's listening to this podcast and not going through any of this. Yeah, and thank getting you. And sort of wrapping their head around what it's like to go through all of this bullshit. Yeah. It's what, a lot of bullshit. What Matt said. Yeah. Um, we're all in the bullshit together, everybody. Yep. Now let's go to bed early and wake up at 5 a.m. I can't wait. Oh, boy. This is going to be a thing. Um, and thank you to everyone who supported us this week, uh, whether it was on PayPal or Venmo or Patreon or just sending us an email. Um, it, it, Patreoners, be on the lookout for... I emailed. I emailed them today asking for their patreon uh bonus episode questions oh great yeah that's good if you donate at the 25 dollar a month level or above you get an extra bonus episode every month correct we're thinking about lowering that yeah we are that dollar amount because i feel like 25 is a lot to ask for some some for more of us yapping at you in your ears yeah maybe we'll take it down to the 10 dollar level Okay, I was going to say 15. You're getting crazy. Well, right now we have our levels are $1 to $9. Yep. 10 to $24. Oh, I see. 25 to $49. $50 to $99 and then $100 and above. Uh-huh. 
So I'd say we make it ten, ten to nineteen dollars. So anything above, you're saying anything above ten dollars, we get the bonus episode. Yeah. I'm down with that. Reasonable, but we also have to yeah. figure out something nice to do for these lovely people. And then the twenty five dollars. Yeah, then mark. we have to give. We have to. We have to come up with another thing. So. If you are a donor at the $25 level or above and you have an idea for another thing, email us. <laughs> I mean, I suppose we could just do a second half hour bonus episode. That's so many bonus it's episodes. It's not, though. It's two half hours. So it's every other week we record a half hour for our Patreoners. Our 10 to 15, $19 mm-hmm. ones get, get one, one and, and our 25ers get two. Two. Oh, that's, that's, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Really just, just trying to think about adding value to these wonderful patrons of ours yeah help keep the we, lights on we really 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 appreciate it it's amazing um anyway so here are if you'd the, like to see those levels you can go to patreon.com forward slash excellent adventure yep and as patreon a place where uh, youtube videos you watch occasionally plug and then you're like what this person has a patreon too and then you look and that person is way better at patreoning than we are that's what i find um also it's their job is the youtubing this is not our job no but it it helps a lot totally and i'm just saying they have time and also you know thanks to those of you who donate Again, on the old-fashioned way. The old-fashioned way on PayPal and Venmo. Um, we very much appreciate you as well. We still give you your fun fact. You don't get all the extra bonusy things, but, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's your choice. On the next bonus episode, I will reveal my list of my top 25 favorite films of all time, which Ooh. is a list I made at work the other day because someone said, it's so hard to think of five. And then David Gracia was like, well, make it 25. And then, like... Only two of us made the full list. You know what I was thinking might be fun for one of the Patreon bonus episodes is like if we did like a speed round of us asking each other like random questions. We should just answer like the Plenty of Fish survey questions for each other. Oh, that would be so funny. Boy, there's so much fun to be had on the podcast. Yeah. And I hope you all tune in. Meanwhile, let's say thank you to our donors this week with a fact about them. Melissa... How do you think this last name is Rybar? Rybar? That's how I said it. Okay, Rybar. Uh, Melissa has dedicated her life to studying the phenomenon of Sasquatch mind control. Sometimes they look at you and you get paralyzed. What? Yeah, Sasquatches can control your mind sometimes. Anna Wigtill. Anna is a fourth generation curler, hopes to someday save the $8,000 necessary to buy a new set of stones. Did you know curling stones were that expensive? I I didn't either. Carly Pollock. Uh, Carly had the option of dance or swim class when she was a child. She chose neither and became a world-class fencer. I, I couldn't sell between neither, neither or neither. Neither. <laughs> neither. 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 I, I'm a neither guy. Neither, neither. Neither. Neither, neither one. Neither. neither one. Neither one. Neither. Neither here nor there. Yep, I'm a neither guy. Are you a neither or a neither? Neither nor. Neither nor. Neither nor. Neither nor. Neither. Neither. I don't know. Neither here nor there. Linnea Honeshell. Uh, Linnea has seen Wonder Woman three times to find out if she missed the scene where the Scottish sniper gets over his PTSD and actually uses his gun. It's still not in the movie. Cody Mybuyer. Why is that scene not in the movie? They must have cut it. But why? It makes no sense. Those three characters suck. Anyway, 
Wonder Woman's a lovely film. If you haven't seen it, go ahead and check it out. Uh, Cody spends all of their weekends at open houses because they're avid house remodeling enthusiasts. What they do at the open houses is determine whether or not the backsplash materials are good enough for them. That's an important job. <laughs> uh, Vera Thornton. Uh, Vera continues to defend her belief that The Last Crusade is more enjoyable to rewatch than all other Indiana Jones films. Sarah Holmberg. Uh, Sarah can't remember a time when she didn't actively hate the comedy of The Three Stooges. Catherine Zamoulis. Catherine hopes to one day open a hotel, run it into the ground, and have it rescued by Anthony Melcury of Hotel Impossible. <gasps> what a dream. <laughs> Primrose Medea Nazan. Uh, Primrose has a doctorate in art history, shaming me because I took three art history classes, dropping it every time they got to Dadaism. <laughs> Andrew Steinle. Andrew began collecting Hot Wheels at an early age. His collection is up to 4,000, including the beach wagon one with the surfboard that loads in the back. That one is worth like $70,000. Liz Kimani. Uh, Liz has determined out of the seven podcasts she listens to regularly, ours is the most niche. She's okay with that and promises to continue to listen mostly. Ashley D'Amico. Uh, Ashley learned has learned how to move objects with her mind. However, she must be touching the object for this to work. Claire Rybar. I wonder if she's related to Melissa. She must be. I would have to imagine. That's too much of a coincidence. Uh, Claire has a hard time taking her aunt on her mother's side seriously because she recently shared a post about the earth being flat on Facebook. And Oriana Penaranda. Oriana is a master chocolatier. She invented the method of covering a balloon in chocolate and then popping it, leaving a chocolate sphere. Whoa. Yeah. I had to think about that for a second. She she invented that. That's, that's intense. Yep. You know what else is intense? This podcast. Thank you all for listening to it. Yep. You're the best. You're the best around. Maybe I'll play that song. Okay. I don't know. Maybe I don't have it, and it's something else. Cool. Probably Regina Spector. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Let's get a silver bullet trailer and have a baby bye. I'll safety pin this clothes.